You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hey everyone, what you are about to listen to is a recording with Captain John West that was uh, recorded on site at the Sheepy Tournament in Hopedale, Louisiana last month. Before you guys dive in, I want to let you know that Louisiana has launched a survey to address rebuilding the redfish stock. Regulations have not changed for redfish in Louisiana since July of 1988. And according to the 2022 stock assessment, the Louisiana redfish population is declining at a concerning rate due to overfishing and poor spawning success. And ASGA and the local community believe that management action is needed uh, quickly to avoid the stock becoming overfished and, and to get the Louisiana redfish stock back on track towards recovery and, and back on track towards the iconic population that we all know and associate with fishing redfish in Louisiana. Louisiana has launched a survey to address that rebuilding. And unfortunately, there were no options that were offered that would rebuild redfish in a timely manner. Um, a 30% reduction still fails to rebuild the stock by 2060, while a 40% puts you on track for 2040, and a 50% reduction rebuilds by 2034. ASGA would like to see a reduction of 50% so the stock can be rebuilt by 2034. We don't believe that anything less is, you know, really doing justice to restore this iconic species. So the best options to do so would be stop the, the harvest of large fish and a two to three fish creel. You can take that survey at ASGA's Lincoln bio on our social platform. You can also find that survey uh, in the description of this podcast. Take the survey and remember to write your thoughts in the space for question 11. Uh, question 11 gives you the opportunity to contribute stuff that isn't on uh, the survey. Unfortunately, no options were offered on the survey that do rebuild the fish in a timely manner. So, so use question 11 to fill in that you want to see this fishery rebuilt in a timely manner. You can find everything I've discussed here uh, a little bit more on the history of redfish in Louisiana, the current state of the state, ASGA's future outlook, and a bunch of other content to inspire you and to educate you a little bit more on the topic at ASGA's Louisiana Redfish Hub on the website. That'll be linked in the bio and social link in bios as well. Uh, find more information there. Find the link to the survey and have your voice heard. I hope you enjoy this little riff with uh, Captain John West. Thanks for listening to the Guidepost. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Guidepost. This is Cody Rubner here, and uh, we have a little change of scenery for the Guidepost. Typically, we are either recording these remote or uh, I'm down in Florida after a day of guiding. Tony is a little bit further up the coast. We have Will checking in from his travels, whether out west where he's skiing and snowboarding or up east fishing the Potomac. But we are out actually in Louisiana, uh, just south of New Orleans, and we are at a pretty cool event, which is the Sheepy Tournament. And I'm joined here by Mr. John West. John, how are you doing today? Oh, great. Thanks a lot, Cody. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Uh, this is such a great event and just glad to be here. Heck yeah. Well, uh, I'll give a little bit of an intro just in case, depending on when these roll out. But the Sheepy Tournament is pretty unique because we're chasing something that's not typically always the target for people, which is sheep's head. And, uh, 
one of the fun things about it that adds a little dynamic is just because they're typically maybe not the trophy for out here, Louisiana redfish, obviously the most uh, iconic uh, when it comes to flats fishing here, but sheep's head can be a little bit of a pain in the pain in the ass to get to eat a fly. Isn't that right, John? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. You know, I tell my guys that we call them the Cajun permit because they are literally the fish of a thousand casts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I did the math a few years ago for this tournament and it's like one fish per four and a half days of catch effort. Uh, so like it's, it really is just a miracle to catch one. And I think that's the lure of this tournament is to come down here and chase something that, uh, that's that hard to, to catch. Definitely. Definitely. Well, this was my first time down at the tournament. So I got, I got schooled a little bit. I fed a handful. I think I fed four over two days. I didn't get any of those four to the boat and I've done a bunch of fishing in Florida from permit to bonefish to all the pesky critters that get up shallow and, uh, keeping a hook in these things is definitely a little bit difficult. How, how was, uh, how was your fishing across both days i guess did yesterday we should give the disclaimer we had 35 to 40 mile an hour winds to start yesterday so that that didn't help on day one yeah it took us a little bit to get our bearings yesterday uh the wind blew super hard kind of out of the northwest and we didn't see many fish uh had generally dirty water but then we had the big weather change last night uh and the wind kind of moderated we had a light north uh this morning and a lot of sunshine and so it was really good across the board um lots of lots of redfish lots of black drum uh quite a few sheep's head shots um and we we had a great day we fed a bunch of redfish and a bunch of black drum uh, the sheep's head were elusive. Yep. So we were, uh, we, we were not on the board for the sheepies. Well, that seems to be a common theme. And I think one of the most exciting prizes they gave away was the skunk award. <laughs> there was a lot of people in the running for the skunk award and someone won probably hundreds to thousands of dollars of gears <laughs> for their efforts. So, you know, just saying it's better than a day in the office was true for that person. But, uh, so John, tell me a little bit about your background because you, you've had some time on the water out here, but also are all around the Gulf and Florida as well. Yeah, I come from a, a unique situation. I was born and raised in Central Florida. Uh, grew up in Pasco County, kind of on the east side, and and we fished Chesapeake and Homosassa quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started high school, my dad and I moved to Texas, and so I kind of got introduced to the Texas Gulf Coast uh, and all the trout and redfish that goes on out there. And then uh, back in 2011, I was fortunate enough to spend a year for work in Central Arkansas, and I started. Uh, started doing quite a bit of fly fishing up there and knew that I was coming back home. And, and I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. I can't wait to catch a redfish on fly. And it just snowballed from there. Um, Definitely, definitely. And all three, all three of the areas named hotspots for redfish, definitely maybe a little bit different in behavior and approach, or, or do you feel like redfish is a redfish and, just how you how you communicate with them and what the weather is yeah you know these louisiana redfish are pretty native uh it's more about getting the fly in front of them Mm -hmm. they tend not to be too picky uh as opposed to the florida fish where obviously it's uh a lot more about fly selection and uh you know precision casting and all the you know yeah it's just more technical in general getting them in, in front of them is kind of important, right? Like we say to angler on the bow, if they miss, they don't eat with their ass, right? So exactly. if you're behind them, you're not getting bit 99.99999% of the time. But, um, so you saw some sheep's head today, uh, any shots that are haunting you or anything that any follows? Cause it's interesting, you know, you talked about Cajun permit, you really got to communicate with these fish. You know, that's one of the lure, like, you know, uh, flats, tarpon fishing, getting a fish out, out in front, really communicating to them, talking to them, convincing them to eat. Uh, it's probably goes a little underappreciated around the country with sheep's head, you know, sheep's head in my neck of the woods, you don't even throw at them because the chance of getting them to eat is like so, so slim to none out here. 
if you communicate to them the right way, you kind of can entice them, get them to follow. Some of our follows were, you know, 30, 40 feet of communication with them. And then they're either tailing off or they did commit close to the boat. So that's uh, an interesting dynamic there. Yeah, that communication is key. Uh, I think about it in terms of a lot of, uh, I, I tend to tell my guys, uh, it's about their body language. Um, but you can definitely read those fish and you can see them interact with the fly. And I think that's what's so fun. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things about getting the fly in front of them and figuring out how they want it. And it's uh, it's a tough job most days. They don't make it easy on you. Yeah, and the water clarity seemed to have a pretty pretty significant impact too, as far as their ability to find it. And, and inter- we had a handful as well that is you could kind of tell they're searching it out, but they're not really getting a good enough look to to investigate it, to commit to it. And so a lot of follows that end up tailing out, and it's very very permanent. It's a good call. Yeah, it's funny though in Louisiana. Um, one of the things I notice a lot is that in this dirty water, it's actually your friend that that. Um, that limited visibility kind of helps you because it gives the angler a little bit of camouflage Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, those bright sunny conditions with gin clear water where the fish can see you from 150 feet away Mm -hmm. out here. um, You literally can catch them, you know, inside of your rod tip between your legs. They're so close. um, And it's just a matter of sweeping the fly in front of them. Yep. But that's a hard shot to make. Definitely. Definitely. Sometimes the shortest cast is the the hardest one. Um, so you, you fished obviously a lot of different fishing experience, all different areas around the Gulf. What do you think is so special about Louisiana? Cause one of the tones that I'm really taking away from this is like, you know, there's been some interesting conversations about conservation and the fishery and what's going on out here. But the underlying tone is like, this just place is so special, right? Yeah. So the desire to protect it and ensure that we have it for decades to come. And whether it's a new face like myself, who's only been here a couple of times or a veteran that, you know, is going out there, some of these guys that were schooling on them uh, over both days, you know, how do we, how do we continue to protect that for the future? And, I guess my question, your perspective, what makes this place so special? Why should someone visit if they haven't? And, and, you know, how does someone fall in love with Louisiana fishing here? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Louisiana is such a special place because there's so much culture. Um, mm-hmm. The Spaniards founded New Orleans, and it's one of the oldest cities in the country, right? And so there's just so much here to see and do besides fishing. Um, but when it comes to the fishing Obviously, I think what makes Louisiana so special is just giant bull redfish. Yep. You know, there's so numerous and they can be caught 12 months out of the year. Yep. And that's, I mean, bar none, that's all there is to yeah. redfish. Abundance, right? Abundance and, and opportunity. And uh, opportunity is a pretty big thing for fishing, whether that's, you know, someone who's newer, who needs multiple chances to make it happen, or for like someone who works out here as a guide, you know, to provide opportunity for your clients. A couple shots isn't enough to get yourself through a day, but, uh, you know, uh, a stacked up curriculum of all the different opportunities bouncing around and, and how many fish you see out here. This is, I came out a couple of years ago with uh, Kyle Schaefer and Benny Blanco when they're filming the show and just the amount of fish you see, it's like, it's almost puzzling. Like, you, you know, like, oh, we blew that one out. Oh, well, all right. 40, 40 yards down the bank. Here's our next one. Right. Yeah. So uh, very, very cool. But yeah, man, uh, unless you have anything else you want to add about Louisiana or the tournament, uh, really appreciate you stopping by and sharing a couple stories with us. No, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. And I don't know, you know, the only one thing I might add is, uh, you know, the old adage of, of you can catch a fish many times, but you can only kill it once. Mm-hmm. And I think that conservation is key. Um, as we move forward, I come from an interesting background and a story that I like to tell um, growing up in Florida in the mid eighties, we didn't have any redfish to speak of. The gill nets had just about wiped them out. Mm-hmm. And so I came from, uh, from a background of, of one redfish and two trout was the daily limit per day. And we ate a lot of, 
a lot of fish meals off of that. And so I, I look at sometimes at the liberal limits that we have in the northern Gulf of Mexico, and it's just like, we don't need to kill that many fish to have a good time or to feed ourselves. And um, 100%, so, 100%. Because when, when you see some of the like the kill box photos that you're thinking of, where it's just like a stacked up dozens and dozens of fish for a big party, the first, you know, phrase that comes by is just freezer burn, right? Like, I mean, just it's you don't need to. And I, none of us are anti harvest. We all love fresh food. And absolutely. especially on, you know, I got different fish over. I don't have much of anything left for redfish in the southern end of the Indian River Lagoon in Stewart, Florida. I mean, we catch a handful a year. If there's a school that moves down, you know, in this other section and later in the fall, winter, you can get a couple, but like, you know, there's none left. So redfish aren't on the table for us, but I like keeping certain fish. Or co I love Kobe. I love a couple other fish, but you know, like you said, one and done, you can only kill them one time. Right. So yeah. if you're going to do it, it's not the negative or positive, just be thoughtful with it. And so really appreciate that, man. It's a great tone to end on. Well, cool. Thank you awesome. Very much. Thank you, man. That's perfect.